1: And it's brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By V's Flower and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield. By Claussen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, locally grown just for you, on Main Street in Colchester. Brought to you by your locally owned Montpelier Agway Farm and Garden on East Montpelier Road. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton, and Derby. Sticksandstuff.com By Guy's Farm and Yard Stores in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans. By P&R Lumber, a family-owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch, and compost you need right there on Route 15 in Wolkett. By the Willie's Store in Greensboro, celebrating over 120 years of family ownership. And by Dandelion Acres Garden Center, Vermont Route 107 in Bethel. And by Polly Construction, a contractor you can trust where one call does it all, on Gregory Drive in South Burlington. And right now, here's the host of In the Garden, Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. Hello.
2: How are you? Good. Um, so this week um, is our final week. Uh, we're going to um, uh, finish this week and uh, start up again next April. Yeah. Uh, it seems as though it's come very fast.
1: <laughs> I think so, this year particularly, it seems. Yeah, yeah.
2: So uh, anyway, um, uh, as I have done in the past, I'm just going to uh, talk about my – uh, my book, Year-Round Indoor Salad Gardening, a little bit. Uh, there's still a lot to do in the garden, and I'll get to that after um, uh, we talk about year-round indoor salad gardening. And uh, one of the fun things, well, one of the many fun things that I find is uh, that the e- indoor salad gardening is good news. It It is just simply... Um, uh, the fact is is you can grow all your salad greens uh all winter long fresh, and you can do it uh um very simply and When I first started, it was just about this time of year when I first started to think about huh that 's the one thing i 'm really going to miss this uh this winter is the fresh greens that we had the salads that we made out of our garden because they're they 're wonderful uh, you know we've we just go out and pick what's what 's ripe and make a salad out of it and it's uh it's a lot of fun and and uh there's no comparison to the the flavor and the variety and all of those things to anything you get anywhere else so um, when I started that. I had a wish list, what I call the wish list, uh, anyway. It was, uh, there are ten things on that wish list. And the first one is that I, whatever I did, I wanted it to be productive, not a toy garden, not just a, you know, a couple of jars of, of this or that, but I wanted to be able to make a fresh salad, a fresh tossed salad every day. And, um, so that was that was mission number 1 the other thing is i wanted to be cheap i didn't want to buy a whole lot of equipment so when i started uh, adding up having uh, the equipment i would need to to grow um two heads of lettuce a day to make a nice big salad um or other things that you could grow all of it would have to be under lights and all of it i would need shelving to 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 do um so you know some things uh, you can grow outdoors in a greenhouse but even that it can be fairly expensive and also running a greenhouse is is not for the faint of heart it it's an art form that uh, that you have to learn over time and i wanted this uh, number 3 was i wanted it to to the time investment to be in minutes not in hours I wanted to do a little bit every day and and not spend, um, you know, uh, a whole Saturday afternoon or anything. And then the fourth thing was I wanted to be organic, just the same way that I do my outdoor garden, just uh, the uh, earth garden that I do. So I wanted to make sure I had all organic methods. And it was important, number five, is a small space. Uh, you know, we don't have a huge kitchen. We've just got... Uh, you know, like uh anybody uh just uh just a regular old kitchen, and I couldn't uh sacrifice a lot of space for that and so I had to fit it in small pieces uh spaces and, and I really like variety in my salad that a uh, you know a tossed salad um, is uh has uh different textures and flavors in it, so that was one of my that was number six on my wish list. And then, uh, number seven on my wish list was, uh, if would it be possible to actually grow some greens to cook with? And I thought that was a bit of a stretch, but, um, it still was one of those things I wanted. And then, uh, number eight was an easy to master technique. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, knowing me, <laughs> It's, it's gotta be relatively straightforward and easy. I I
1: hope this isn't like the Christmas presents I used to buy my kids when they were little that said simple (laughs) assembly. Funny you mentioned
2: that. I was having to assemble a clock this morning that was for one of the kids, and you could see the gears and all the rest. And I I could not get that thing together. There was two of us, two grown men
1: trying to put that together. (laughs) It's it's, it's not 20 minutes past 37. Uh, Try again. If you have leftover gears, then you know you in
2: trouble. Uh, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> I think that applies here.
1: We're, we're going to jump into one phone call. So okay, hold, hold, let's hold, jump. Hold, hold, hold that let me, thought. Let me then. mark it, yes. There hey, we go. So there right there, Wait, right where we were, where we were, we slipped a few gears. Right? <laughs> that happens every now and then. Your first name in town, please.
3: Jan in Rochester.
1: Hey, Jan. Welcome. Hi. What's going on?
3: Well, I haven't been listening for a long time because the show's on when I'm usually outside. Yes, I'm I I'm calling because I'm um, having an issue. I have uh, eight raised beds, and they're wonderful. Yep. But this year, there's something, and I think it's a mole or a hmm. family of moles,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and because I see little holes about an inch and a half or so wide around the base, and mm-hmm. I see a plant is wilted and I go over and pick it up and it's done. Whole yeah. bottom's
2: chewed off. Yeah, the roots are gone, yeah. Um it it could be uh it could be well it would have to be a vole because moles okay. are actually uh, meat eaters and voles are vegetarians. Uh, okay. But uh my suspicion, I don't know, you'll have to tell me, uh do you have any chipmunks in your yard?
3: Um, no, I have a dog, and she uh, oh, takes good. care of them quite well. Oh, that's good. Um, so, and I have um, rehomed a few, mm-hmm. but um, I I haven't ever seen any in the bed or out that way mm. or heard them.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, like with any critter, um, there's there's not one technique, but usually a few techniques you're gonna have to use. Um, uh-huh. Whether it's it's uh, voles or chipmunks, or for that matter, could even be mice. I guess um, I noticed that the chipmunks had uh, dug holes around my potatoes, and I found a few of them with uh, little teeth marks in them. Um, uh-huh. The the dog is of course number one. That's terrific if you can get your dog. But they're not really so good with the, the little critters like the voles. So oh. what? Um, uh, one of the things uh, that you're going to have to do is figure out some way to trap them before they get in. And um, it, it's it's not a it's not a fun job. It's just like trapping mice in your house. You know, it's something you have to keep up with and. Um, one of the techniques that um Elliot Coleman used in his greenhouses because he had a a huge vole problem in his greenhouses because you know that's like uh, um a greenhouse full of greens like that is is <laughs> like heaven. Heaven. Yes, you got it. <laughs> and so he had a he had a box that just had a, a simple divider in it uh, halfway and then he set a a um a trap with a piece of uh, strawberry uh, flavored chewing gum and he found yeah. that that was the best bait that he could find <laughs> I I I try to imagine uh Elliot Coleman going into the grocery store and said you got any strawberry chewing gum. <laughs> it's, it's a funny thought anyway. But that's that was one of his traps. Uh of course, you know, the there's a whole variety of other traps that you can use and um I I would definitely discourage you from buying the the dollar wooden traps because they're basically worthless. Um they they They've made them so cheap now that they're they're useless i i I'm sorry to say that, but uh, um, that's what I've found anyway. They don't want to even snap once, but right, I like uh, the jaws yeah, those are the ones yeah I was that's what I was going to recommend is doing that. Now, you want to of course, put it in some sort of a container, some sort of a box, uh, because you know you don't want your dog snooping around inside there. Right. And uh so you, you want to anchor it some that he can't can 't get in there and nudge it around and go looking for it um, yeah. but uh, and that takes a certain amount of vigilance. This is a mm-hmm. really good time a year to do it because time you catch one you 're really uh, cutting down that uh, the community Man, they usually uh, are are uh, fairly small communities, whereas chipmunks will will live in about a, a a group of about 50 or so um so once you clear out some of those it's it helps to set them back you you're not going to really eliminate them 100% but all we're trying to do is keep them out of the places that we want you know they'll right. find other food you're not going to deny them their their you know nutrition they'll find it elsewhere that's not well, a problem. Well, this is
3: the first year in 40 that I've had
2: this, so yeah, I'm sure they Yeah, you know, the, and, you know, it's been coming. These are cycles they are cyclical. I think last year we had a banner year in chipmunks. Everybody complained about chipmunks, and uh I even saw a chipmunk climb one of my eight-foot trellises and was going after peas at the top there. So it was a banner year, and those things will be cyclical, and, you know, once they've they found, you know, your bed, then then they'll... They'll depend on it for food for a while and get a little larger community. And so you got to cut them back a little. Um, most people don't go. I mean, uh, if you're an organic gardener and you have pets, then use use a a poison. Yeah, right. Okay. So we're on the same page there. But Jan, um, that's, that's just one of those things. You're going to have to go out there and protect your garden. You know, it's the, the garden fortress. You have to build a wall.
3: I have another question, if I may.
2: Oh, of course.
3: So I have a couple of peonies. They've never bloomed, and they don't grow larger. Do they need to be moved, or what do they – it's just weird that they're not –
2: Yeah, that's unusual. They're pretty hardy for the most part. So uh, um, um, where did they come from? Where did you get them?
3: I have no clue. No
2: clue, yeah. Um, I'm (laughs) probably from a – (laughs) <laughs> yeah, ex- probably. And, uh, my wife loves peonies and, and, uh, we grow them. Um, but we have had some that just wouldn't grow and she ended up just moving it. And that seemed okay. to do the trick. What you want to do is when you move it, uh, inspect the root system really well to see if there's any kind of a grub or, um, you know, uh, uh, a root maggot of some sort in there. Because okay, I will. That, that's a, a distinct possibility that you just happened to land it in a spot where um, the, there was a root maggot that came in and, and was been feasting on it. And okay. then the other thing rec- is. Yeah.
3: Can you recommend a resource or a book? I'm thinking about um, growing blueberries. You've been talking about them so much this summer.
2: Oh, <laughs> um, uh, boy. Uh, right off the bat, I'm not thinking, there's, uh, there's a good book that Chelsea Green, uh, but right this second it's, uh, listen in and I'll just go ahead and search it. I'll find out what it is. But, okay, uh. It,
3: I'm gonna have, so I'll be listening.
2: Okay. Alright, great. We'll thanks find so one much. for you. Thank you and thanks for the call, Jen. Bye. Bye. Okay. How are we doing? Where do we leave off? Oh, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Right. So, we need things to be easy. You got anybody else on the line? No, not yet. Oh, okay. All right. Good. And, um, so that was, that was a big one. And then, of course, I wanted rapid go- growth because I realized that, um, the longer it took for the cycle, the more room it would take. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, this this is just kind of me I love to garden and uh i've my outdoor garden and I nurture the outdoor garden and it kind of nurtures me it it's a great hobby and it's a, a great way to to be in touch with nature and it's you know and and so I wanted something like that when I was growing I wanted to feel as though you know I was still gardening so um that's number ten and and actually. I made it with all ten. Every single one of them I was able to do. And, uh, the, uh, by simple indoor gardening, and, uh, I either do two, um, trays that are four by eight, or five trays that are three by six, and that gives me uh, enough for, uh, for a day's salad. So I planted one of those every day. Uh, one batch.
1: You got a phone call? Yeah, we got another okay. caller on the line. All right. And uh, your first up. name in town?
5: Um, Catherine from Mourntown.
1: Hey, Catherine. How now, goes it?
5: As you fellows are going to be off the air. Yeah. kind of too soon Yeah. because you need to be schooling us on how to take care of our plants that we bring in. And I'm thinking of poinsettia for one thing. Mm. Yep. So... So I you, was glad for the advice you gave that woman about her peonies. Yeah, what she needs to do is dig them up. Yeah. and trim the roots. Yeah, divide them totally. Yeah. yeah, good. Okay, that's it.
2: Okay, that's it. Yep. Okay, the poinsettia. My my wife uh, brings has her poinsettia inside. Um, uh, you have, have to you be careful. it
3: out this summer.
2: Uh, she did last year, but not this year because, uh, we had a house fire, so we didn't really have an outside to put it in. So she put it in her office and, and it's been going great. Oh my gosh. You know, those poinsettias, they grow really, really nicely as an indoor plant. (laughs) What do you do with yours?
1: Okay. That's it from here. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you later. Make it a point of never asking me about point setters. No. Now this happened almost forty-five years ago. I'll make it but a point. Somebody was delivering a point setter to the radio station I was working at. I thought it was a dog. <laughs> a point setter. <laughs> so, sure. I had no idea. Flowers were never my forte. <laughs> uh,
2: well, uh that, that's that's a good one. I really like that. <laughs> a point setter.
1: <laughs> okay. Well uh um, I'll tell you about the Polish wolfhound someday, but not on the air. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> well, let's see. Where do
2: we leave off? Oh, oh, productive, not a toy garden. And so you can um basically uh you can harvest uh, about fourteen to sixteen ounces, almost a pound of greens every day just from those uh small trays. And that's uh that makes it a very productive garden. So, just our, out of curiosity, I said, "Well, you know, because farmers uh, uh, calculate everything in in yield per acre, you know, wheat in so many bushels per acre, and all the rest." I thought, "Well, what if I planted a, an acre of trays? What would that, you know, what what could I produce out of that on uh, on the small side on the on the uh, the 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 estimate being on the low side?" I went ahead and figured out that you could produce, uh, 2,300,000 pounds of fresh greens on an acre of, wow. so I figured that, that was not a toy garden. That was a very productive garden and maybe as productive a garden as you can, you can possibly have. <laughs> so, uh, checklist number one, productive, not a toy garden and cheap. I use, I use, um, well, when I do my classes on this, I just use little tin trays, you know, the uh, aluminum trays that are, um, uh, uh, you know, for bacon. And uh, they're three inches by six inches and four inches by eight inches, and I use those for my classes. But at home, I have a bunch of regular old cereal bowls, right, about the same as those. And uh, so that's real simple. All you need is a little s- – the trays – A little bit of soil and the seeds. It's just that simple. And so check number two, it's cheap enough. I figure that you, you can do it for well under two dollars a pound. Whereas even the least expensive spinach that you buy in the, is about nine dollars, ten dollars a pound when you get to it. Of course, you know, a, a pound of spinach is a huge amount, but anyway, that's cheap check checklist number 2 so number 3 time in minutes it takes me about 15 minutes to uh, in an evening to go ahead and uh, harvest uh, water and plant um uh, my garden so it doesn't it doesn't require a lot of of um a lot of time as far as that's concerned. And then I'll go right from number three to number ten, the nurturing part. The thing I love about indoor gardening is I get to water the plants and watch them grow and take care of them, and I feel as though I've been nurtured by the end of it. So I, I like that quite a bit. Number four was organic methods. That was a cinch. I use compost and sea kelp as the only fertilizer that, that we use in that. Otherwise, we just use a regular uh, germination mix for the for the soil. You don't want to use regular dirt in there. And by the way, of course, all this is is outlined in in details uh, in my book Year Round Indoor Salad Gardening. Uh, by Peter Burke, and it's published by Chelsea Green over in White River Junction, and you can get it at a lot of the local bookstores. Uh, sometimes, uh, of course, now a lot of times they ask you to go ahead and order it. It's also available at many libraries, and if it's not in your library, all you have to do is ask for it. And uh, um, it was a number two bestseller in, in the library journal uh, for quite a long time. So it's, um, um, you know, it's in a lot of libraries. So you don't have to buy it. You can, you can get it from the library. Don't need to spend a lot of money. Small spaces. Now, what I use is the cupboard over my fridge, uh, to, uh, to start them. You know, that's part of the technique is having four days in the dark. And, um, um, that means that uh, you only need uh, space for another three or four days on a windowsill. Uh, very easy to, to fit into your house. I have a shelf that I put on my one of my windows, and that's enough for uh, for my whole garden. It's uh, really it's just an amazingly small amount of space for as productive. As they are, variety was number five. No, nope, number six. I'm sorry. Number six was variety. I plant sunflower, peas, buckwheat, and radishes, and broccoli, and then some variations on all of those. Um, and when you cut them up and put them in a salad, you have this beautiful toss salad. It's uh, it's an all star salad. You've seen it, Joe. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and uh, so it it uh, it sort of fits the bill with both the different textures and different colors and just a wonderful flavor um and uh I, my wife actually prefers to uh, not have a salad dressing on it uh well actually she puts a little bit of uh, umeboshi vinegar on it and uh, and that that's all the salad dressing she needs so uh, greens for cooking. Um, most of them are not good for cooking, but the pea shoots are great for stir fry. You can put them uh, in there. And also, I use the uh, the broccoli sprouts as a garnish in soups and stuff, because the the uh, the real benefits and nutritional benefits in broccoli is a is anana. Antibi- um, any oxide called uh, sulforaphane, and it's not affected by heat, so it's perfect. You can dress that, uh, dress up your soups or uh, your curries or whatever, with a little bit of that, and add nutrition to your to your um, to your meal. Easy to master techniques. The kiss we were talking about, and this is about as simple as you can possibly get. You know, you soak your seeds, you put a little bit of soil in the tray, uh, you put the seeds on top. You put them in a dark place, and four days later, you take them out and put them on the windowsill. It's very easy to do, and, and if you have any kids, they absolutely love it. Um, before we get to number nine and ten, let's take a break because we're, we're overdue.
0: Dandelion Acres is a beautiful garden center in central Vermont where you can find gorgeous flowering hanging baskets, annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs. They also have an extensive selection of vegetables, fruit trees, and berry bushes, and can also offer helpful advice to make your growing season a success. There's pottery, garden furniture, statuary, and decor from the whimsical to the sublime. Dandelion Acres Garden Center is in Bethel, Vermont. Go to dandelionacres.com for current operating hours and COVID caveats.
1: It's In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our numbers are 244-1777. That's the 802 number, 244-1777. Or toll-free from anywhere, 877-291-8255. Once again, here's Peter Burke. Hey, Joel.
2: Yes. Um, So you handed me a book called Backyard Fruit Production. Mm, It's by uh, David Schlabach. Is that how you say yeah, that? Yeah. Clubbuck, yeah. And, uh, it looks very simple and, uh, easy to use. And I can't say that I've used this book before, but it looks good. The one I was thinking of, uh, from Chelsea Green is The uh, Holistic Orchard by uh, Michael Phillips. And, uh, that is, um, uh, it's, it can be a little overwhelming and a little intimidating. Uh, but it's a wealth of knowledge. And, uh, you know, you can get it right on Chelsea Green's website for, um, under 20 bucks. And it's, uh, it's a real bargain. I, I would say it's probably the most comprehensive, organic, um, uh, book that I've seen. And then, of course, uh, you know, the, um, Rodale Press has a number of them by Wendell Berry. And there's just one called the berry book and that's that's a good one particularly for uh things like blueberries and uh raspberries and all the different berries that you can you can grow. Um and let's see there there are more uh but those are the ones that come to mind anyway. Um so I hope that uh that does a trick for you. It's a good starting place anyway. And, uh, f- from, from my experience, I always read two or three books on a subject. And, uh, um, just like I, I really have enjoyed, uh, Ed's book on gardening, which is absolutely terrific. Um, my number one favorite gardening book is The Square Foot Gardening by Mel Bartholomew, and then John Jeevan's book, uh, Grow More Vegetables. In less space. And that's, that, those are old standards and they're terrific books. And then, um, what's the one that you always talk about? Was that Lewis? Um, uh, boy, fellow over in Cabot and was absolutely t- a terrific book on, on fruit. Um, again, I'll have to look that one up. i block it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Too many things to remember. <laughs> But I know where to look it up. (laughs) For years, he, uh, and then of course, you know, you, we've got a lot of of good local, um, Elmore Roots certainly and, um, and, uh, Nico over in East Hill, uh, um, nursery over there. There's a lot of good local, uh, places where you can just go ask questions and they're absolutely, uh, an encyclopedia of, of, um, of thing, of information, which is just great. Maybe I should start next year with, uh, with, uh, interview with one of those folks. You know, how to get going with fruit. Now we're, where we're renting, we have, uh, six, uh, pear trees. And that's just delightful is to have, uh, just trees full of, fr- of, uh, of, uh, pears. And I, I have to say, <laughs> That uh I have three pear trees, but they they haven 't started to fruit yet, and they say pear grow pears for your heirs, so, because it takes a while to get them to fruit <laughs> anyway. Um, where did I leave
1: off? Uh, I think we were at of, nine
2: <laughs> nine rapid growth, okay, so this is probably the most amazing part of it and uh, and part of the good news. Uh, feature is that you can have a salad from seed to salad in seven to ten days. And that means that you plant your seed, you soak your seeds overnight, you plant them from that day forward. In seven days, you'll have a tray full of these wonderful, um, nutrient dense greens that are, make a wonderful salad. And so that cuts down on the amount of space that you need because you only need enough for uh 7 to 10 days. Um you don't need to to take up uh you know your whole basement with uh, lights and shelves or you know a spare bedroom. You do this pretty much in a in a cupboard and a and a shelf in front of a window. And do you need, uh, you don't need to put them in a southern window. They'll grow just as well on any old northern window. Uh, you just need ambient light. If you can see, there's enough light. So you get that rapid, rapid growth, uh, aspect. And, uh, and that kind of, that's it. That's the whole of the, the good news, uh, gardening, um, uh, book, uh, year-round indoor salad gardening. <laughs> and I can't wait. My son and I are just uh, got a bunch, got our seeds and and our soil together to to um, to plant at our house, uh, starting this next week. So, um, any questions? No, nope, not yet. Okay, uh, lines
1: so, are open though. <laughs> uh,
2: what is it? Two four four one seven seven seven. I think uh, yep. that's the one and uh so, returning to the regular garden there 's lots of things that we can do now between now and say November uh, that uh, that uh I like to do, of course right now i 'm digging potatoes i 've been out and and the the tops have all died back, and um, like I said, I did notice the chipmunks uh, without me there to to watch over them. Um, they've gone diving for, for <laughs> spots, but we had, uh, I had lots of those, uh, the new potatoes. And, uh, I'll tell you, I made a potato salad out of those and it just was, mm-hmm. we all of us was, couldn't stop eating. It. it was so delicious. Um, so digging potatoes, that's a number one, uh, do, do I see that you've got a call there?
1: Uh, you well, are, by golly, you are, uh, Either psychic or you're looking at a screen that I haven't seen. But well, there it is. So, hello.
2: What's your first name? In town?
5: It's Alice, and I'm in Warren.
2: Hi, Allison.
5: Hi. I have a question. Yeah. Um should I wait till I go on air or ask you No,
2: to- you're on air. You're alive. Oh, I am on yes, air. You right. are. <laughs> uh,
5: my question is um about the blueberry bushes and yeah. I guess it was about a month ago I heard the program about the little fruit flies that have now uh, invaded yeah. Yep. So I had been having problems, and I couldn't figure out what it was, but Mm. that's what it was. Mm. And, of course, I found those worms, which were just horrid.
2: Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, I agree.
5: (laughs) So I talked to the blueberry grower down in uh, Rochester Mm -hmm. Farm, Mm -hmm. and he first he also suggested going to Cornell, and then he suggested really pruning around March. Um, mm-hmm. And making it the top look like an open wine glass.
2: Okay. Yep.
5: Yeah. Um, that it would give it more air and light. Yeah. Um, and help. So, mm-hmm. what's your suggestion on this? It really kind well, of freaked me out when yeah, I found the worms, uh, and he was it, so funny. He it said, happened, "Yeah." He said, don't worry, they won't hurt you, but uh <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, I love those people that say, well, it's a source of protein, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's like, no, no. Yeah, earthworms and, and, uh, yeah, maggots is just not my idea of food. So, um, what what you 'll need to do um, is sort of a multi pronged uh, what he suggested about the wine glass that's good pruning technique, no matter what you're doing you know that that you should be doing anyway. You always cut out the old the dead wood and keep it down to you know four or five stems in each bush and uh, cut out anything that's um... but what you're going to want to do uh, now is to rake up all. The whole, you know, that whole part of the um, um, the underbrush, right underneath there. I don't know if you have it uh, mulched or if you've got it. Whatever you have there, you need to clean up all those dropped uh, blueberries because I'm sure there's plenty of them now. Right. And yeah. So you want to want to clean those up. That's real important. Um, it's, uh, it's not a bad idea to go ahead and spray with the Captain Jack's dead bug at this point. And, uh, even now, even this late, but what you'll have to do. And I remember, uh, if you, if you recall, there's a fellow named Forbes who calls in every so often. He grows, grows a lot of blueberries and, um, he, you know, you can, you can put up a trap you know, like a just a, a yellow card with a little sticky on it. So when you start to see them, that's when during the season when you're gonna spray for the um, the the Captain Jack's on it, the said And that and that will um, so you have an infestation now, so you're gonna have to stay right on it for maybe this year coming up. Or maybe for another two or three years, you'll have to stay right on top of it until that infestation is, you, you get on top of it. It's oh. the same thing with the asparagus beetle. It took us three years to finally get rid of them. The first year, you will set them back uh, uh, a lot. And uh-huh. um, uh But the, the traps are not so much to get rid of the infestation, but to give you a clue as to when to spray. And um, so you get.
5: What do you ri- put on those
2: strips? Uh, it's it, you can buy them already with the oh. with the goop on them. But you, if you don't, you just put a a, a tanglefoot or Vaseline or anything that they'll stick to, and uh, that those traps will will um, you can use to when you start to see the, and you want to look up a, a picture of the the, the spotted. uh you know, fruit fly, spotted wing fruit fly.
5: No, I haven't. It's definitely them. So. Yeah,
2: yeah. <clears throat> so you can recognize them. And so when you see them starting to come up, you'll see the male first. The males come in first, and so that's your, your signal to go ahead and spray. And uh that works real well. Um, you know, a even
5: then, can you eat those berries with Captain well, Jacks? What's Captain uh, Jacks again? Called? Uh, Where do you get Captain it? Captain
2: Jacks is you get it right at Agua Blue Seal. They have it. Okay. Uh, um, and that, um, yeah, that's you can. Uh one day after uh, spraying, you can eat them. But you're going to spray it long before you're going to eat them because, oh. uh, uh, you know, a good a few weeks before that, you, the arrival of the the male uh, fruit fly should show up. And then you're going to spray them and you'll spray them once a week uh, until, you know, their cycle is over. And that will that will that's a good preventative. That'll really work well. And, okay. And uh, so you you have good tools in your toolbox to, um, you know, to prevent that. I know how discouraging because I had one year when I had that, and I was like. Ugh.
5: Yeah, I don't want I to even the, eat them right now. No, you now, don't. So.
2: Yeah, no. So
5: I'm going to rake underneath there, yeah. well, I think this afternoon, but yep. then I shouldn't compost that stuff, should I?
2: Um that's a good point. Uh, if you, when you rake it up, if you sort of lay it out and let it, let it, uh, heat up in the sun, when uh-huh. it dries out, that will take care of anything that's in there, any of the larvae okay. that are there.
5: Yeah, because Cornell suggested picking all those rotten berries off and putting them in a plastic bag, sealing it up and leaving it in the sun, which I've been doing, but that's like... That, really time consuming.
2: Yeah. <laughs> when no you difference that in that up, picking you, the berries, but yeah. at least
5: when you pick the berries, you've got something to eat. <laughs> I
2: know, I know. That's a, that's the thing. It's like, uh but anyway, what you're doing is you're making your next year's crop, is what you're doing. So just keep next year's crop in mind. <laughs>
5: and I have to wait. I mean, I told you about this guy down in Rochester. He yep. said, "Don't prune until March." Yeah. That seems late to me. No,
2: um, that's fine. What you can do now, though, is you can cut out any deadwood. Yeah, I you always see. do that, yeah. but it's
5: so hard to prune. I mean, they're twenty-six-year-old bushes, but oh. it seems like last year they were just so wonderful. Yeah. I, yeah. So I haven't been radical on the pruning, but it sounds yeah. like I have to.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's just good. Um, um, you know, that's just good maintenance. That's something you should be doing right along. Oh, okay. So, yeah, um, get in there and take care of them, and don't forget to feed them because they like that, and uh, and they should be watered so every once in a while too during the summer. So.
5: Now I've been told only to feed them every other year. What yeah. are you suggesting?
2: Um, I, I, I'm sorry, but I do. I put the the um, the. Uh, I do them every year. I put uh-huh. it in, yeah, and I just put a cup or so right around each bush. And what are you using? I'm using the um, the the tone stuff. The uh, it's organic. You get it right at the. Uh, oh okay. Yeah.
5: All right. Well, I guess that uh, last year I put a lot of grass clippings on because I was told that was really good for them. But I think mm-hmm. it actually kept them too moist.
2: Yeah, it could be. I uh, grass clippings are. Particularly, you don't really know what your pH is on those, and I, I find that it's a it's a little bit too hot for for plants. I I like to put that in my compost, and let it decompose in there.
5: Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I'll do that again. But uh, I have always done wood chips.
2: Yep, wood chips is great. Uh-huh. I think that's a, that's a number one in my book. I, that's what I use. Is, uh, okay. Cedar wood chips. Uh, they seem to work well on that because they're acid loving plants. Alright. Well,
5: well, well, thank you very much. Okay, I will get to work. Okay. call me
2: next year and tell me how it goes. <laughs> thank you.
4: Yep.
2: Bye. And we have, uh, we have Glenn. Yep. In Brookfield. Hey Glenn, what's up? How you guys doing? We're doing good.
0: What? I called. I called in a few times this year, and yep. and uh, kind of tortured you with what you put in a raised bed, and I finally got it down. Okay, it's the first time I've ever done a first time I've ever done a raised bed.
2: Yeah, it's yeah,
0: it's it's about waist high, three by five. Oh, good lord! It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's got twenty five onions in it. You drew a carrot, and I'm probably taking 30 beats out
2: of it. Oh, that's super. <laughs>
0: it's just amazing. I, I do have a regular garden. Yeah? But my tomatoes, yeah. I think, got blight. All the leaves turn black.
2: Yeah, that's blight.
0: And, uh, yeah. yeah, they got it. But I got quite a few big tomatoes off that.
2: Yeah. Well, but, uh, um, I just want to
0: thank you guys for... Yeah, go ahead.
2: Um those uh those plants, the tomato plants you wanna bag those up and send them to the uh send them to the landfill. you don't want to put those in your compost pile, just uh i burned them, oh that's fine, yeah okay well um <laughs> I, figured. I, I But what do
0: I do next year? I can't plant there right
2: oh yeah, you can plant there it's usually airborne it's not soil borne, but uh oh, okay, just just uh that. And uh I heard you say thank you and you're very welcome and thanks for the calling in I really appreciate that.
0: Oh you guys you guys are fun you're informative and I'll tell you what you did the quote of the day today uh-huh. and that is the point point setter. Come on. <laughs> I, I have to give Joel credit for that one. The only point oh, that setter that will fetch, time.
4: right?
0: <laughs> The other, the one last thing I want to do is a uh, shout out to Matt, my neighbor down the road. Yeah, he grows the best cherry tomatoes I've ever eaten, and he <laughs> listens to you guys religiously.
2: Well, we'll say hi to Matt, and, and I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, have a good weekend. All right, uh, you thank too. you very All much right. for the show.
2: You're very welcome. We'll see you next year. Bye bye. Bye. And you got Nola.
6: Hey that Nola is- from
2: Ripton. Nola. <laughs> Nola from Ripton.
6: Calling to say this is far too early to I end agree, the
4: show. Yes. It really
6: truly is. There's so much more to do and <laughs> yeah. so much more help that's needed. But I was calling to say thank you. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to give you a Robert Frost poem in light of all the orchard talking you Sure.
2: Doing. Yeah, yeah, let's hear it.
6: Well, first just there was a, I, I was driving back from Middlebury, I just dropped off some salad greens. Yeah. At the co-op, and someone called about mole problems. Yes. And I wanted to let you, them, know I had horrible mole problems in my greenhouse last year. hmm
4: mm-hmm.
6: Because they're smart. Yes. You know, there's no owls in the greenhouse. There's no hawks in the greenhouse. Let's live there. <laughs> um, but I did get from Johnny Seeds, and I don't have the exact name, but a solar-powered Mole repellent. Oh! Just this little thingamabob. You shove it in the soil.
4: Uh huh.
6: Um, and every ten seconds it goes
4: yeah,
6: <laughs> and it's been great. And apparently, that music is not appealing to my mole friends. So yep. they have gone to other places. Maybe they listen to Joel now. I don't know. <laughs> but it supersedes Joel's music because when I have the radio on, they still don't come in.
2: So, you know, well, I was used to have sh- a uh, one
6: shot uh, buy, and yeah. it wasn't expensive. It was less than $50. Mm-hmm. And. It just sits there. I don't have to feed it or water it or anything.
2: Mm -hmm.
4: Okay.
6: So I hope that person and we'll see
2: how her moles do yes well i'm glad you brought that up because i used to have a, a little thingy that was like a windmill and every time the wind blew it went around and around and it made a little thump 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 thump, thump noise and that seemed to <laughs> to discourage them. to help yeah. yes and yes. no harm no
6: harm is being done which is the best nope.
2: part of it no nope, that's it no all you're doing is things. say look this is my territory yeah. You know, you've got so plenty else to go to. go. And, to.
6: and one remark about tomatoes. Yeah. Somebody called in about cherry tomatoes. Just yep. This gentleman just before. Yep. I've never been a big fan. I want big, fat tomatoes, but I can't grow them here in Ripton. There's
4: just not <laughs> enough time.
6: And we got a variety this year from Seed Savers Exchange. Okay. Called Tommy Toe. And these are big cherries, and they're abundant, and they're delicious. Oh. So Seed Savers Exchange and Tommy Toe, the cherry tomato.
2: So is that like T-O-M-M-Y, to- yeah, Tommy? Like uh, to- toe, T-O-E? E.
6: And then toe. Mm-hmm. T- oh.
2: Okay, great. Thanks for the advice. Thanks. I'm going to look them up.
6: They're, they're good. All right. They're good. And great. if they can grow here, they can grow anywhere.
2: <laughs> That's definitely so, a plus. <laughs>
6: um, and then the last thing, and I'll give you the home... Those pumpkin plants that I started before I had knee Uh
2: surgery—they
6: are full of little pumpkins, (laughs) and it's only September fourth. So I just might get some good-looking pumpkins. Oh, that's
4: great! Well, congratulations.
6: Um, And we'll see. Like you were talking about extending the green season as long Mm -hmm. as possible. Yep. I'm going to try to push because you're right. The greenhouse is—it's a can of magic and it's a can of worms.
4: Yep, yep. I'm
6: going to try to get it through November, and then my only work on it for the winters, raking the roof from snow and shoveling the sides.
2: Well, the you're going to have to get uh, the uh, get the book from the library because you still have a lot of gardening to do, Noma.
6: <laughs> oh, well, I do. <laughs> you walk in the greenhouse right now, I've got 30 seed flats oh, full super. of
2: All right.
6: kale and arugula and dandelion. It's like... Oh, yeah. Get us on the ground. Just be patient. As Soon as your friends come out, you're going in. No, no, no. I'll push them as long as they're happy, all right. and as long as they don't protest the lack of light
4: because yes. the sun
6: tends to check out. Yep. So here's a little Robert Frost for all of you who are orcharding. Yes. And this really shouldn't be shared until November, but we got to take it today. Yep. It's called "Goodbye and Keep Cold." This saying goodbye on the edge of the dark and the cold to an orchard so young in the bark reminds me of all that can happen to harm an orchard away at the end of the farm. Mm. All winter cut off by a hill from the house. I don't want it girdled by rabbit and mouse. I don't want it dreamily nibbled for brows by deer. And I don't want it budded by grouse. <laughs> if certain it wouldn't be idle to call, I'd summon grouse, rabbit, and deer to the wall and worn them away with a stick for a gun. (laughs) I don't want it stirred by the heat of the sun. We made it secure against being, I hope, by setting it out on a northerly slope. Mm. No orchard's the worst for the winteriest storm, but one thing about it, it mustn't get warm. (laughs) How often already you've had to be told, keep cold, young orchard, goodbye and keep cold. (laughs) Dread 50 above, more than 50 below. Mm. I have to be gone for a season or so my business awhile is with other trees less carefully nurtured less fruitful than these and such as is done to their wood with an axe maples and birches and tamaracks mm. I wish I could promise to lie in the night and think of an orchard's orchards arboreal plight mm. when slowly and nobody comes with a light its heart sinks lower under the sod But some things have to be left to God. And to that I say, thank you, Mr. Frost. Um,
2: Yeah, this is so true. Some things just have to be left to God.
6: (laughs) We've got to do our best and then. See what happens. And that's
2: why yep. we do this, because it's so
6: much fun. Yeah. So thank you. Agree. and be Well,
2: agree. Couldn't and agree with you more, Nolan. Thank you so much for the poem. I'd re- really appreciate it. <laughs>
6: well, you you all be well, and thank you. And Have, have a good winter. Next we'll week. see you next oh, spring. Oh, boy, oh, boy, get those snow shovels out. <laughs> get the snow off the green.
2: Shh, oh. You said a four-letter word. <laughs>
6: Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Thank you. Be well.
2: Yeah, thank, thank you. Guys.
6: Bye-bye. <laughs>
1: Peter, we've got Rich in Starksboro for oh, us. Oh, super. Oops, Great. Let me just push the button, and then we have <laughs> Rich in Starksboro. There we go. Hey, Rich.
7: How are you? Good, good. That's good. Um, I was wondering, maybe you've already discussed this, but about the uh, <coughs> the fall cleanup type thing Yeah. after everything is harvested. Um, I think you mentioned in the fall you can put the, the – uh, Four different cups of the, of the uh, yeah, you, nutrients that yeah. go into your – plus uh, uh-huh. a little bit more compost. Uh-huh. Yep. Is, it, is that, it best to do it in the fall or best to do it in the spring?
2: well um it's good to do it in the fall, mostly because with a lime, it does take a, a little bit of time to break down and start to become useful to your plants if you mm-hmm. when you put it in the spring, it takes a while to for that to to break down and have the you know the mm-hmm. um the different acids in the soil to break it down and pr- provide the calcium that it needs in the soil. So, yeah, I, I like doing it in the fall, for sure. Um, it's better to do it in the spring than to not do it, but, yeah, even better to do it in the fall.
7: Okay. Um, so that includes, like, the kelp meal and the, the
2: kelp meal and, and all the, the rest. All the that light. stuff takes time to break down. It's okay. not, uh, like your water soluble, uh, chemical nutrients. Those basically break, they, they become, you know, the nutrients in there become available immediately. Mm-hmm. You, you know, as soon as the, it dissolves it with the, with the water, um, you know, it's available. Whereas with your organic stuff it 's not available immediately. it takes time to to for the natural processes to break down and become available to your plants so yeah,
7: and that would include pro grown as well
2: yeah, it does really, because again, those are all natural ingredients whether it 's yeah. uh, you know whether it 's a feather meal or a blood meal or any any one of those alfalfa meal, all the nitrogen. Uh, sources that are in a pro grow, all of them take time to to actually break down and and become okay. available.
7: And it's best just to kind of spread it evenly right on the top, rather than trying to mix up your whole bed and stir yeah. it around. Yeah, you okay. can.
2: You can. Uh, I mean, I use a little rake to to rake it in just loosely. You know, so it's mm-hmm. only in the like top. half
7: inch type yeah, exactly. depth or something, something like that.
2: Okay. I've never measured yeah. it, but you know, yeah, something like that. Sure. Yeah. Just so it's not on the top of the soil because my dog absolutely loves (laughs) ProGrow.
7: Oh yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So So we got our fenced in for our cat so he doesn't use it as a bathroom.
2: (laughs) That's good news. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, although maybe that cat litter is a good idea from joel's experience there he was putting cat litter in keeps the woodchucks away, sure. away there you go so oh yeah you mean around the edge of your garden right? yeah, there you go yeah. yeah
7: yep. okay yeah so I, I i gotta get this down i mean i gotta make sure i do this because i've never done this fall treatment thing i've yeah. always messed around in the spring and now, well, this year, for the first time, we put all those things on top and yeah. kind of left them there. Sure. And then we did our planting. Uh-huh. And I put like a pail of compost uh-huh. on top of all those four cups of things. Perfect, yeah. And spread it really evenly. And then yeah. I just punched my holes for my seeds yep. right in that. Just kind of left it there. And it seems to be doing a lot better. Yeah. But I think in the fall, it would be be better to do it in the fall, I
2: yeah. guess. Well, uh, give it a try. So a lot depends on what sure. you're planting. Um, certainly, for yeah. things like lettuces and stuff, uh, they're not heavy feeders. Um, but when you're when you know you're going to be planting like your cabbage, was a heavy feeder, or any kind of a corn, or um, those things that are called heavy feeders, they you know you want them you want them to that stuff to break down earlier than later. Yeah. So it's available okay. when they when you plant them, but you know, yeah. oh. uh, uh, honestly, oh. you can't you can't really mess it up as long as you're putting some sort of fertilizer and and uh, the compost in there. You, you're going to have good soil, you know.
7: Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to miss your show
2: <laughs> Thanks, for Rich. the
7: next several months and <laughs> kind of kind of disappointed. It seems to be going. Or, uh, ending earlier this year than previous years. Yeah, yeah. I, that's and, uh, just uh,
2: blame the Red Sox. They they didn't play Saturdays as often as they usually do. We usually have at least another two or three weeks. So. <laughs> yeah,
7: there's oh, there's a lot of Saturdays ball games coming up in the afternoon or something.
2: Is that uh, what's going on? That, no, no. There usually is uh, between April and in August. There's usually three or four right, sure. Saturday ball games. Yeah. But there was only one yeah. this year, and that was the in April. So. Anyway, we're 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 leaving early, but yeah. uh, it's been fun. Well, I've got
7: I've got one comment. I think I might be on the right track. For mm-hmm. my, I don't care if I'm on the wrong track, but <laughs> um, this I hope the the, if the leadership gets this this uh, gets my little hint there. I to me, I think there's a whole lot more important things in life than building science. But that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> anyway. <we, laughs> I I really enjoy your show. It, uh, it means a lot to our household and family. So yeah.
2: Well thanks. Uh, That's I very thank nice of you to say, Rich, and I do appreciate it. Yeah. You're all right. Well you're very you. welcome you. and I, I enjoy doing the show. It's just a lot of fun.
7: <laughs> well, looking forward to it next year. I think I'll go through the podcast so I don't get uh, too much withdrawal of the garden show so. There you go. <laughs> right.
2: Well, you could try the indoor gardening. That'll keep you going. That's the nurturing I was yeah, talking we're, about.
7: We're going to try that. I noticed that High Meadow has these one-pound bags of seeds. They're that that fairly reasonably priced.
2: Oh, okay. Perfect. That's yep. perfect. Yeah, they're, that, that's they're just... Well, I guess they yeah. finally got the hint. I've been trying to get them to do that, so that's good.
7: Yeah, I think it was them, yeah. Mm. All right, well, you have a good off-season, and
2: we'll be looking forward to you next April. All right, thanks. We'll take, right, care, take now. care now. Take care now. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, how are we doing? Does that wrap us up?
1: Or are... well, I guess we are. We're a little past one thirty,
2: so <laughs> but, uh, take your time and no, and no, no I, you, <laughs> we have a good time here, and and I'm. Um, it sounds like people enjoy us having a good time with them. So it's, it's, uh, it's it's gardening and uh, it's just enjoying. You know, the gardening. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just seems like, um, if our politicians spend a little more time in the garden and less time, you know, other places, <laughs> they would be able to make better choices sometimes, but you know, who knows? Anyway, we enjoy the garden and that's what's, that's what's important. And, uh, and if you, um, uh, if you get a chance to do the year-round indoor salad gardening, uh, um, my uh, email is right in the book, and you're welcome to email me anytime and ask questions on that, too. So, All right, buddy. We're going to leave it here in the garden, right?
1: We'll see you next year in the garden. Inch by inch, row by row,
0: gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I'll sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down.
1: In the Garden this season has been brought to you by Menard's family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By V's Flower and Garden Shop, Main Street in Waitsfield. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, locally grown just for you. Terrific weekly specials as well. They're on Main Street in Colchester. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway Farm and Garden on East Montpelier Road. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber in Middlesex, St. Albans, Enosburg, Swanton and Derby sticksandstuff.com by Guy's Farm and Yard Stores in Morrisville, Montpelier Williston and St. Albans by P&R Lumber a family owned lumber mill with all the lumber, mulch and compost you need, Route 15 in Wolcott by the Willy Store in Greensboro celebrating over 120 years of family ownership by Dandelion Acres Garden Center on Vermont 107 in Bethel and by Polly Construction a contractor you can trust where one call does it all they're on Gregory Drive in South Burlington yes we'll see you next April in the garden all takes a
0: and piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone blessed these seeds I sow, someone warm them from below, till the rain comes tumbling down, till the rain comes tumbling down, inch by inch,
4: row by row.